Hi, everybody. This is Dr. Bruce Pierce, and welcome to the next episode of my podcast, Women's Healthcare with Dr. Bruce Pierce. Today, I'm on location in Hamilton Township, New Jersey, which is just outside of, outside of Trenton, New Jersey. And I'm here at Connect Physical Therapy, and we're here to discuss pelvic floor physical therapy. And my special guest is the director of Connect Physical Therapy, and she received her master's degree or completed her master's degree in physical therapy at Boston University, BU, and she completed her doctorate in physical therapy at the State University of New York at Stony Brook. And please welcome Michelle Della Rosa. Hi, Michelle. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. All right. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Are you Thank excited? You. I, I am. I'm, right. I'm excited to be here. So I don't know if you're a fan of the podcast, but last uh, episode uh, was with um, Dr. Shama Matthews. And yes, we uh, we were discussing, you love me more though, right? Just, uh, I, I just have to, just, yes, have to course, preface that. Of course. Right? Uh, so we were discussing endometriosis was our topic. And she, and we, uh, she actually, she brought up the pelvic floor physical therapy for that. So I said, well, guess what? Next episode is with Michelle Della Rosa. And here we are. So I'm excited. All right. So let's, let's get into it, Michelle. Um, what is, well, first of, first of all, what is pelvic floor physical therapy? I'm going to preface this, but because when I bring this up with my patients, this is the first thing that comes out of their mouth. Oh, you mean Kegels. So it's just pelvic floor physical therapy, just Kegels? Right. So we like to say now pelvic health physical therapy because uh, it encompasses so so, so I was wrong from, so. <laughs> from the get-go. I was wrong. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Correct me, please. So, so, so it, you know, pelvic floor is, is gaining more ground in the news, magazines, uh, podcasts, um, on, on Instagram, you know. Uh, but the pelvic floor itself, uh, it's muscle. So that's why as physical therapists, we, we, we can talk about the, the pelvic floor. So the pelvic floor can tighten and release but it's much more than that because lots of it's connected to so many other things so it's connect your bowel runs through it your bladder runs through it your uterus runs through it your back is connected to it your abs are connected to it so you can imagine the myriad of things that we can treat if that, that we have to treat if something goes wrong and then we're gonna, and we're going to get into those things that we treat okay. but before we do that so how long has this been around um, this, uh, whatever you want to call it. No, the pelvic floor, <laughs> what, pelvic health? What are we pelvic say? health, we'll say. <laughs> How long has this been around? So we're going to say it's, it really started uh, maybe 50 years ago in this country, but really hasn't gained ground since maybe 15 to 20 years ago. And really only, only in the last maybe 5 to 10 have I seen it explode. Exploding. Explode. With my help, by the way. Because, With your help. Because you know? I've been using your assistance uh, for for years, many since basically since you yeah, started here. We need good physicians to be yes. able to screen for these things because when I first moved back to New Jersey, I'm from New Jersey, when I moved back to New Jersey from New York, one of the first things I said was, how, how am I going to do this kind of work without great physicians like yourself because we have to work as a team right. we have we have to we have to you know so I, I need you you need me and we all have to work in this collaborative team to treat pelvic health disorders so um it's i would it's say really all important. of healthcare is a team yeah 
everything. Yeah. That's great. All right. So who becomes a pelvic health physical therapist? Who, like, what do you have to do? Do you like, you know, graduate high school and that's it? Just kidding. I, <laughs> if I'm, only, if only. I, I'm, I'm facetious. This is me. <laughs> but this is me and the, you know, I'm in now and I became an edu- uneducated consumer. I'm, I'm not sure if, uh, you know, what, uh, you know, what it's all about. So who, who becomes a pelvic health physical therapist? Yeah, so I'd say that... What do you have to do? What credentials you, you do you You have to be... You already have to be a, a licensed physical therapist, number one, right? So right. so once you are one, there's there's a, a host of continuing education postgraduate courses. So, But I would say the best resources, you have to become a good uh, musculoskeletal therapist already. You have to know how to treat shoulders and knees and, and hip issues. And then pelvic health is especially is a specialty on top of that. Like a subspecialty. Yes, yeah, a specialty on yeah. top of that. So Yeah, so all right, so you have to be a physical therapist first, get all the degrees necessary and licensing. Are you licensed? So uh, I myself have a, a certification uh, in pelvic therapy. It's not necessary to have one, but it just says there I have more expertise right. in, in treating pelvic health. So the licensing is more just for physical therapy yes. in general, and then yes. you have like your subspecialty, yes. like like that, like like us physicians have our subspecialties as yeah, well. You know, I would say so. You yes. could become an OBGYN, and then you could be uh, a, a uh, oncologist or maternal fetal medicine or all those different subjects. Just same thing. Yes, which is great. All right, so. Now that we discussed who becomes a physical therapist or public health physical therapist and the credentials, and it's been around, for, you know, for a while, but only exploding just recently, what and you mentioned you mentioned this before? What conditions does this treat? So, our practice we treat patients that come in with a lot of pelvic pain. So, pelvic pain, urinary incontinence, constipation. Uh, scar after birth, a, a whole host of prenatal and postpartum diagnoses. There are so many, Dr. Pierce. <laughs> oh, I'm going to go through them, actually. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, so, okay, you mentioned postpartum after having a baby. Yes. All right? Yes. So I know, or I've heard, anyway, in Europe, like, it's automatic. You have a baby, you go for pelvic floor physical therapy right away. It's actually included in your care, but not here in the United States, Correct. That is correct. By the way, uh, this podcast is international. So we have, ah. I actually have a lot of listeners in UK and okay. Europe and Australia, yes. et cetera, et cetera. Um, in, actually in six out of the seven continents. So if anybody's in Antarctica, please just chime into my podcast. So I have all seven. So anyway, I digress. Postpartum. All right. So you have a baby. And then why would you need this pelvic floor physical therapy? So we are now advocating as uh, ACOG, you know, American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology for the for the listeners, um, as now promoting uh, care this fourth this fourth trimester, which is this right. this this these three months after giving birth, where um, women are going back to their physician, provider, midwife, um, and getting their six week checkup. Uh, which which clears them for certain activities, says that they're healing fine, uh, but oftentimes there's there's a void, there's something missing because there's other things in their quality of life that are not being addressed as as well as they'd like to, and such and, as so sometimes they are going back to the gym right away mm-hmm. and getting hurt, 
And right. why? Because maybe they have a separation still in their abdominals called an abdominal diastasis. Uh-huh. And who is screening for that if they're not going to see their PT? Who? No, nobody. I'm going right. to tell you this. So, yeah. so people are doing these aggressive workouts, and, and, and who's checking them? So they're going to end up in our office after getting hurt. Or maybe they're going back to running. We are not advocating going back to running until closer to 12 weeks. Wow. But, but right. who is giving – where are they no. going to get this guidance from? I'll tell you what I was taught. <laughs> uh, is yeah, six weeks after having a baby, you're clear. You're basically the same as you were before, and you can do anything you want, and no restrictions, and go get him. That's right. that's what I was taught. Right. <laughs> so are you saying not so? Yeah, I, I would say <laughs> maybe not, not so. Maybe, maybe not a good idea. Huh? <laughs> um, so we've been seeing a lot of women uh, return too early. You know, and a lot there are a lot of factors. You know, that go into that, like how in shape a person is going into their pregnancy, what kind of shape, did they do any exercise during their pregnancy? So this is not a cookie cutter recipe, obviously, but a lot of women are not ready. And a lot, are not, a lot of women continue where they left off uh, during their pregnancy or prior to their pregnancy, not thinking that, that there's this gap of weakness that occurs because of the end of their pregnancy when they got bigger and then the delivery, you know? So they're not actually put together. So that's what we're here for, to say, hey, come back for your postpartum physical therapy checkup. Mm-hmm. Let us look at your posture. Let us look at for, for an abdominal diastasis. Let's check out your pelvis if necessary and see what's going on there. You right. know, So that's, that's what I would love the world to know about because it's, it's so critical to help prevent problems in the future and prevent a whole round of physical therapy later on if we could just screen for it right. postpartum. And that's, that's why we're here, to... Yeah. To let everybody know. All right, so when I see a patient after having their baby six weeks, uh, first thing on the mind is when can I resume exercise, which we touch on. Sec, uh, a distant second is when can I resume sex? And do is that started too early? And are there problems with sex after having a baby? So uh, that, that really depends on, I think, what happens during the delivery uh, but I, I don't have a blanket statement on, on sex needs to start at a certain week. Um, I would just say if sex is painful um, and it's not, you're not recovering after the first, second, third time postpartum and it's not getting better, right. you so, need to get checked. Gotcha. So you're actually, so this is news to me. You're, you're saying, because I thought the postpartum physical therapy was for sex. It was for. Sometimes I, it I'm, is. I'm Sometimes just making that is. assumption that that it was for like, uh, you know, getting the the you know the vaginal muscles back to normal. But you're, you're actually you're saying it's a little bit more for the exercise and physical activity that. Yeah, you, you we know. really screen for everything, and and getting back to to intercourse is just one of the things, you know. Um, but sometimes people physically are people are coming in with their pubis still not as stable as possible as it could be and so they're having pubic pain i think sex is next is is is, is not on the table yet <laughs> if they can if they can't really get up and move you know so they got to be able to take care of themselves and their childs you know see this uh, may be the difference between a male OBGYN, <laughs> and a female see that's see first of all that was the first place my my went but maybe maybe it shouldn't be going there interesting uh, yeah uh, yeah cool. i gotta be able to pee i gotta be able to poop you know i gotta be able to take yeah, care of myself lift fine. my child's right fine michelle <laughs> be that way right. that makes uh, sense i guess that actually makes sense yes all right so 
Another very common reason I would send somebody to see you uh, or a pelvic uh, wellness physical therapist yes. is is incontinence, urinary incontinence. Not just after having a baby, yeah. but but we see this especially near menopause and after menopause. Tell me about your work with stress urinary incontinence. Yes. So... This is actually uh, one of the conditions that's mislabeled all the time as, as, as a condition that is for people that are a hundred years old. Right. You know, so it is. It yes, some people uh, that are uh, over 65, 75 um, are exhibiting symptoms, but really, it's there's no age limitation to having this symptom. Um, so we have very young people coming in, uh, teens. Uh, youth, really? 20s with incontinence, never got, really? never uh, had a pregnancy or delivered a child sometimes, um, women and men, really. So mm-hmm. so we don't really relate that just to, just to hormones and, and giving birth, really. So we see all ages for that condition. Wow. So what is, have you ever heard of this? I know you have. What is vulvodynia? This is a very broad. That's a long answer. That's a long, we should have a podcast just on that. <laughs> yeah, which, that's right. Which we may, because you're a wonderful guest, so I will. Def- we can definitely come back. And, but I guess, in, I guess we could just maybe descri- describe it in general, like as. Uh, yeah. So you know, a, pain, a pain. Yeah, we're condition. gonna we're gonna say vulvodynia is a pain condition in and around the vulvar area, which is, uh, we can just say the, the outer parts of your vaginal area. Uh, and sometimes, we'll, we'll put it in two categories. One is uh, generalized vulvodynia. So I just have pain walking around. You know, right. I just feel pain. I just got up and went to the kitchen to make food. I got some pain there, you know, or, or there's the kind that's localized. So that means I have to be touched. Something has to touch it, provoke right. it. So that could be clothing or, you know, uh, intercourse or just actual physical touching, wiping. So there's that general vulvodynia and that localized vulvodynia, and you would treat each one differently. So so we see both. We see both conditions. Yeah, we may have to get into this in more detail at a later <laughs> okay. cast. Okay. So we're going to, I guess, try to keep it general today. Yes. But yes. that, yeah, because uh, that is a topic in and of itself. Uh, so stay tuned, for everybody, for that. All right. So, what does tell me? Like, pay, take me through um, a visit. Like, what? What? What is? Like, what actually do you do? I mean, let's say I'm a patient, and I come in, and I'm for pain, pelvic pain, chronic pain. And I went to the doctor and they can't find anything. They checked me for infections over and over and over again. I thought I had a urinary infection. I thought I had a genital infection. Everything comes up negative, but I can't get rid of the pain. And they sent me here to you. What, so what happens once I, come, once I come in the door? So thank you for this question. I love to talk about this. No problem. So, <laughs> Good. So, and this is actually, a, that's actually a very common history that people will come in with. So that's very realistic. Um, so it, it's one of the things that people uh, sometimes have a fear of. What what are they going to do to me? You know, so right. so it, it's, it's actually not scary at all because one of the purposes of why we have this therapy is to, is to take away that fear because we know you have pain and we're not here to give you more, you know, so. Yeah, if I have pain, you're going to poke me. 
Right. So, so, so that's the thing. We can get a lot of information from from doing different things. So, so I would say I would say there's there's three parts. Yeah. First part is what you would expect. Come and sit down. Let's talk. Get a history. Find out what happened. Right. That's, that's talking doesn't hurt. Talking doesn't hurt. Right. right. Um, then there's part two where we do some very typical. If you've been to physical therapy before, we'll do some very typical things like look at your posture, look at your alignment. Uh, maybe a little bit different. We'll maybe check your belly out, um, look at your breathing, uh, check your strength. So those are some very typical uh, physical therapy measurements uh, that that people know. And the third thing is there's a pelvic exam. So this uh-huh. might yes yes. So everything we do, of course, with consent. Of so. Co- of- course so so meaning i i want the the patient and i are partners here okay so if 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 you don't want something done i'm not gonna do it that's that's number one good you know so and number two when we we do the pelvic exam in two parts so we have to look at um, some observation and some outside structures and if for some reason uh the patient is, does not feel comfortable or or has too much pain internally then you know we may not do the internal section this internal right. internal check because that would that is what would be next the internal right. check you know right so but sometimes we can get a lot of information from the outside because there is a pelvic floor on the outside so we can check those structures and the great thing also that we have is something called biofeedback mm-hmm. so those are surface electrodes that we put on the outside and we can watch muscle activity on a screen without checking internally really yeah so that's so that's what's really cool. And we now have real-time ultrasound, so we can look at structures that way too. So lots of kind of feedback feedback machinery that we have that we can check outside. Well, uh, here's a, some terms I've heard of. Tell me, uh, electrical stimulation, what's... Is that the same as biofeedback? Or? So those are two different things. Uh-huh. Electrical stimulation might sound scary, actually. <laughs> so I'll tell you the main difference. Especially if you're in a chair. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, the, I'll tell you the main difference. Biofeedback is exactly that. It is taking a reading. Like uh, what, might, what people may relate to is going to their doctor's office and getting an ultrasound. It is not painful. It is taking a reading. Right. There's a, a sound head, and they're rubbing it on your whatever part it is, your belly, um, and you see a picture, right? So similarly, biofeedback is like that, We're taking a picture and getting some information. Electrical stimulation is different because you will feel stimulation. So likely, if you are getting that treatment, you're not in pain in the area that we're sti- where that we're stimulating you uh-huh. know so it's not it's maybe not the best option for someone that's in a lot of pain gotcha. so yeah. what about trigger points trigger points so yes. uh trigger points you know they're bands of taut taut muscle you know so uh we may have to work on trigger points if those are areas that that are reproducing pain but it doesn't mean we need to work on them right away it might mean at a later time. So you don't get like the full court press like immediately. I hope not. No. That's probably not a <laughs> good idea. Because we need people to come back. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So let's say, all right, so you're in the visit and you say, okay, the next step is the internal exam. Why? Why do you have to do that? And when, and when you're in there, what are you doing? 
Okay, I'll, I can tell you exactly. I please, know, the, I know the answer to that. So please. the the inter- that's why I asked you. <laughs> yeah, the internal exam is really the best way for us as physical therapists to test what the muscle inside feels like, how strong you are, and if you've got good support. And it's hard to tell those things from the outside. Right. We can guess. But it's not the same if we don't check internally. And what's different than going um, to uh, your doctor's office is that we're not using anything but a one-finger gloved exam. So we're not using a speculum. We don't. We're we're physical therapists, right? So right. we're really just palp- feeling or palpating the muscles themselves, and we can get that best by feeling with our own finger. Mm-hmm. So that's that's really it. And, what and it's are, quick. And what are, what are you feeling? You feeling the muscles? So we may feel if the muscle is taut, mm-hmm. meaning tight, mm-hmm. or maybe it's relaxed or over relaxed, right? So we can right. oh, we can di- right. we can discern tension, be, uh, the differences in tension from right side to the left side because it might not be the same from right to left. If you had a, a, a postpartum, if you had a tear on one side, you know right. maybe that side is not as strong as the other side, and could be the reason for your leakage. Uh-huh. You know, so we have to see right and left don't always match up. One side might be loose, one side might be tight, one side might be strong. You know, so that's what we have to see. So what if a patient comes in, a female, well, a female, a, a vulva owner, and <laughs> and they're, um, they're, they're on their period. Do you have, like, skip the internal, or can they still have it? So I... I let people make their own decisions. Consent? Yes. That consent thing Yes. Again? I have no problems doing a pelvic exam during menstruation as long as the person is comfortable with it. Well. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I agree. So, all right. So that's the visit. And do you, I guess, after the exam is over, would you, I guess you discuss the results? This is my favorite part. I, this I knew This is my it. favorite I, part. I knew it. <laughs> so... The, per- the reason why someone is coming here is because they want to know what is wrong. What is wrong? Why am I having these symptoms? And so piecing everything together, we're like a little little private investigator. You know, we're figuring out, we're gathering information. And, and you know, I let them know, you know, this is, this is why I think your symptoms are, are happening, you know. And this is how much I think physical therapy can help you. I think, and I think I discussed it uh, with Dr. Matthews, is when we're talking about endometriosis, is that the symptoms could be not just gynecologic related. They could be bladder related or even, you know, abdominal related or, or elsewhere in the body. So, and we were just had this discussion that everybody's, I guess, physician-wise is focused on their own small area of the body and nobody's looking at the whole picture. So these these uh, patients get missed or miss or delay, uh, delay in diagnosis because their symptom was exactly in the uterus, you know, or in in the bladder or something like that. It was it was a it was a mixture, and and nobody was putting it all together. Maybe you <laughs> are the one who could put it all together. Yeah. So so we recognize, you know, we're we're. We are physical therapists and we're not medical physicians, but because we are looking at multiple medical systems, you're, you're exactly right about that. And sometimes we are the ones to refer people back to, you know what, you don't, you don't have a gynecologist that's looking at that. You need to see Dr. Pierce, you know? So, so that is, we are 100% doing that. I want you to put that on tape and just repeat it over and over. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so, okay, 
so great. So you discussed the results. You laid out a plan. So what what's a tip? Let's say a typical um, length of time that you want to see the person. Yeah. So typically we're seeing people once a week, and it it really depends. There's no we don't have a formula for this, but it really depends on what people come in for. It could be it could be as little as um, eight weeks seeing them you know so weekly for like eight weeks yeah it could be longer it really depends on how long they had their symptoms for i guess the longer you've had it the more you need pretty much right makes sense yes all right so how successful is it the physical therapy how does it work yeah so i would say and i'm going to speak for for our clients at our office that um the patients that we keep on program are here because which almost everybody that's referred here is going to feel some symptom relief, you know, because right. we are going to address the muscle components that are not being addressed, you know. Um, and I would say for, for again, for our clients, at least 85 to 90% of our patients will have almost full symptom resolution. Wow. You know, That's so. good. Better than me. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it's all about picking your candidates wisely, you know. Uh-huh. So, so, right. so um, we, we are here because we love what we do and we continue to see people because, and people come because they are seeing results. And if they didn't see results, I don't think we would be here. One thing, know, I, so. one thing I've noticed, like, you know, as I said, I've been sending patients to you forever is that I'll get back these re- reports that come back to me. And what I, what stood out is like the ex- expectations you're giving the patient. Like you give, it seems like you give a realistic exp- expectation or, uh, you know, in, for instance, like from memory, you know, oh, Miss So-and-so uh, should expect a 50% improvement in two to four weeks and an 85% improvement in six to eight weeks. So, and, Clearly, you tell that to the patient, so it's not like they think, "Oh, I, I assume one visit or two, I'm done." So, yeah. actually, I like I like those realistic expectations. Yeah, we have to be realistic because uh, people need to know what they're getting into, and I want people to have uh, a real timeline for themselves. So we're all we're on the same page. Right. Exactly. Know, so. That's that's fantastic. So here's the big question that everybody also after. Is it just Kegels? This is what they say in the office. Well, is that covered by my insurance? Who's how much? If not, how much does it cost? Yeah. So, so we're really lucky here. We've 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 found a way to actually take most insurances, um, and there are not a ton of physical therapists, pelvic physical therapists that are in network. Right. Um, so there are they are out there. You know, you just have to search for wherever you are or ask your local physical therapy organization. Um, but many practices um, are out-of-network providers, which is okay because you get what you pay for. You know what I'm saying? So so if you are going to go out-of-network, it means they're going to spend maybe a little bit more time with you or... Um, uh, maybe because of the longer visits, maybe you'll have less visits, less frequent. So um, either way, um, physical therapists are out there. You just got to do a little digging. Right. So, so I guess do your research, um, call ahead of time, ask about what insurances they take or don't take, yeah. call your insurance company. And of course, this is, you know, U.S., you know, you know. In, yes. In, and I think it's important to ask and and to make sure that the therapist, uh, that is something that they specialize in versus, oh, yeah, we do that. Yeah, we could do that. We could do that. 
So (laughs) it's really important that if you have a pelvic condition, you are getting a pelvic exam if that is necessary. It's very hard to prescribe a program when I haven't actually evaluated your pelvis or pelvic floor. So that's guessing is not the same as actually examining it. So that's really important for people to know. So there's a little bit of a buyer beware here. So so do I guess what if you're listening to this podcast and you and something rings but oh I I have incontinence. I had I have I'm having trouble after having a baby. I'm having a, a pelvic pain a chronic pelvic pain issue. But my doctor never mentioned uh, physical therapy and I asked and they they said oh I don't know anything about it so so where where does the person go or do I guess they have to do their research yeah so if we're talking about for the United States because I'm not sure how yeah, referral well, well, let's stick we're in New Jersey <laughs> let's stick to the United States um, so in in New Jersey and, and actually I think almost all states now have direct access for physical therapy which means you can start physical therapy without a prescription you can start physical therapy without a uh, physician's prescription huh. in New Jersey you can go for 10 visits or 30 days and then you will need a prescription so you can meaning if you fixed your issue within right. that time then you never good. needed one yeah you never needed one but if the meaning if if your problem continues hey get a physician involved that's what the law is saying interesting so, so you could actually come you can start to a lovely place like this yeah. and start without uh getting a my whole thing is time is of the essence right here right. <laughs> so and sometimes um if you can get your physician on board, maybe they don't fully understand it. Maybe maybe they haven't had a patient yet go to pelvic physical therapy. But if they are curious or interested, and perhaps they'll give you the prescription, ask them, you know what, they'll send you a report, or maybe if you want to even speak to them, and then go from there. Because if you can just show them your success and what you've learned, you just you just got someone to turn someone into a believer. You right. know, so I've spoken to, you know, I you know, again, since uh, the business is booming <laughs> uh, recently, which is great. Uh, but before that, I think I would call myself an early adopter of this. And I'm and I would speak to my colleagues and I was, oh, I have this patient with, you know, chronic pelvic pain and and or they would come to me and say, hey, I have this patient with chronic pelvic pain. I, I tried everything. I can't do anything. What do you think I should do? I go pelvic floor physical therapy. And they look at me like. I mean, really? <laughs> like, no, I'm serious. It really works. My patients come back, and they're they are. I can't believe the first time ever something's worked for me. So that's why I I believe it. I was an early adopter. Yeah, I mean, it, it's really uh, it, it's a sort of a no brainer. It's you know, you're not the patient's not having surgery. You're not investing time in, in more medication. And honestly, sometimes people have been on antibiotics over and over and over and it's like hey how much more antibiotics can your body take you know hey you know what do they have to lose you know what do they have to lose and they've been on antibiotics and they've never had a positive culture right always been (laughs) which hurts me inside (laughs) (laughs) it's been negative exactly yeah so um what if it doesn't work like what if you get through the program and Okay, but you, I mean, let, let's say you're expecting 85%. What if you're in that 15% that it doesn't work? What do you do? Right, so, so I will tell patients right off the bat, 
for your condition, I think physical therapy is 15% of the problem. So right away, the patient knows maybe they need surgery. Maybe they need more medical management. We are 15% of the issue. We will work with you with your symptom management, but we are not the root cause. Musculoskeletal problems, they're not the root cause. So right away, we have this agreement going on that we're not expecting full recovery. So if they get 15%, then physical therapy was successful. Yeah, again, uh, going back to my discussion about endometriosis, that's kind of a condition where we have to work together. Yes. Where I, you know, patient may, may need surgery for me, but also physical therapy from you. Yes. And also, you know, like as a, uh, a chronic, uh, you know, condition, you have to have, you know, chronic care. Uh, but multimodal, you know, yes. m- part me, part you, uh, et cetera, et cetera. For conditions like endometriosis, we know that a patient may or may not need surgery. So so we're happy to be part of the team where we can, again, help manage symptoms. So if we're helping someone just get by on their daily life because they're getting whatever tissue release, stretches, uh, postural awareness, then we're doing the part, we're doing our job, you know, so, so that's, we're happy with that. It's all about teamwork. <laughs> yes. All yes. right. My, my last question is men. Do you treat men also? I, I came in here expecting only female patients allowed. Oh. And then there was a, you know, I looked on your website and we treat men. What's yeah. really? Do, yeah. I didn't about, know I was going to get men questions today. Yeah. Well, no. We are a women's healthcare podcast, but I'm a man. Yeah. <laughs> so, so maybe this is more for personal yeah. education. No, we have, than, we but have I'm a sure ton of, of men's health here. A ton of men's 9% health. 9% of my listeners are men, I believe. So Yeah, we do a ton of men's health. And um, actually, uh, that is like our highest, we have our highest views on our YouTube channel. For, for our men's health videos. So I know that I know that you guys are, are searching for information out so there. So we're, we're at, right, we are out there. But men, you know, men don't know, A, oh, I have a pelvis, I have a pelvic floor, I have mu- the same muscles down there, 100%, dude. That, that's what, <laughs> that's what, our anatomy in that way is similar, which means you can also have pelvic floor tightness, you can also have tailbone pain, you can have sitting pain, um, you can also have constipation or urinary issues in a similar way that women do. How about that? Yeah. That, that's great info. All right, Michelle. So let's see. Let's, it's time for take home. Take home. We're, okay. we're, we're near the end. We're time for take okay. home message. Okay. Pelvic health. Pelvic health yes. physical therapy yes. is great. It's a great adjunct to your physician. It treats a myriad of conditions like incontinence and uh, endometriosis and sexual pain and pelvic pain and postpartum conditions. Am I right so far? So far, all good. I'm, so I far, like, all I'm, good. I like to be on a roll. So, so, and again, I think I think we have to have another podcast because we. I think I want to go into each of these maybe individually yeah, at cool. a later time because cool. they're very interesting. Yeah. But um, you are a teammate uh, in in the, in the person's healthcare, yes. uh, 85% experience success um, and improvement in their conditions. And it's now seems to be covered by most insurances. Yes. And not even necessarily needing a physician referral. And it's and it's growing. Like there's, there's more. There used to be, I remember when you were the only game in town. <laughs> there, are, there are more now. There are more but now. It's, yes. But I think it, it, in a good way, that means more 
people, more patients have access. Yeah, there's there's still not enough of us to address the need that's out there. And so I, I want to reiterate that it's pelvic health therapy is not, it's for really, it's for all genders and it is for any age. And sometimes you have to be your own advocate because you know something is going on and that there is help out there. Even if someone is not handing a prescription to you at your doctor's visit, ask them and have a discussion. And if that doctor is not willing to listen to you, then go to another one. Right. You know, so um, just keep searching for that right team member to be on your team. Get another you know? opinion. That's right. Another opinion. That's right. <laughs> we don't want to tell people to leave their doctors. No, but, no. But sometimes you need another opinion. Just another opinion. There you go. That's all. Yeah. All right, Michelle. This was wonderful. Oh, thank you for and having me. And I'm going to pin you down. I want you to come back, and we'll do another one. Yeah, anytime. And uh, and I will uh, look forward to that. Thank you. All you right. as well. All right, so goodbye, everybody, and thanks for listening. And we'll join you again on the next episode of Women's Healthcare with Dr. Bruce Pierce. Thank you.